0: Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stop Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We are we're in a series that we've called the story of Christmas. And we talked about the wise men a couple weeks ago. And we, says, we said, wise people seek Jesus. Would you say that with me, everybody? Wise I people see seek Jesus. Jesus. Need to always under, When you don't know what to do, you all, and when you think you know what to do, you still need to seek Jesus. Amen, everybody? <clears throat> I can't wait. We're going to, uh, on New Year's Day, I'm excited about what I want to talk to you about on that day. In the beginning, God, you know. Last week, we, we talked about Mary and Joseph and how the angel showed up, and we, we learned from the angel last week. <clears throat> Luke 1, nothing is impossible with God. So would you say that with me, everybody? Nothing is impossible with God. Let's say that again. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. You say, what about this? No, nothing is impossible with God. And so today, as we continue this series, I started thinking about today's message and I begin to think about the Christmas movie. We, there's two Christmas movies that we watch every year as a family, and uh, Caitlin makes sure of that. And that one is, uh, is The Elf. Uh, we watch that one every year. How many of you watch The Elf? Okay, yes. And then we watch The Grinch. The Grinch with Jim Carrey. Of course, this is a picture. Yeah, we watched that one. And I can tell you it's called the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And what I want to tell you today is this, is that there is is a spirit that wants to steal the spirit of Christmas and the spirit of joy from you that we want to become aware of. And my goal today is to make you aware of this. Because see, you can't do better, be better till you know better. And if you're not unaware, then it will then it will be it will something it's something that will take you down because you're unaware of it. But once you become aware, then you can identify it. It's sort of like when you you know, when you're, you or your parents buy a car, you never seen a car of that color until you bought it. All of a sudden you become aware, you see it everywhere. And what I want to make you aware of today is the spirit of pride. The spirit of pride. And I wanna say this boldly today, is I'm talking to you and me because every one of us struggle with pride. Every one of us struggle with it. You say, well, I'm not a prideful person. Well, yes, you are. And so am I. And we struggle with that. And pride, the Bible says that pride comes before a fall. So when, when pride rises, then all of a sudden we can expect things not to happen so good in our lives. The Bible says it this way, the verse that we want to memorize today what i want you to leave with is this is james 4 6. let's say this together let's say this verse together you ready god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble now i have got to explain this to you i think we all understand what opposing means that when someone opposes me they're sort of holding back they're pushing me they don't want me to go forward so god opposes the proud when we are full of pride then guess what? God is like, uh uh-uh. He's holding back. But it says he gives grace to the humble. Now, this is the part you don't want to miss. God's grace, we've been taught all of our life, God's grace is God's unmerited favor, which is true. But I want to give you a, another definition, definition of grace that I think can help you a little bit more. God's grace is God's ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Here it is, watch this. We are saved by grace amen everybody because you can't save yourself If you could save yourself and you could say okay Well, i'm gonna save myself and take myself to heaven then you would do it, but you can't do it You've got to have god to save you amen everybody So god's grace is god's ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself So every one of us needs god's grace every day amen? You, you cannot keep yourself from being run into by a drunk driver. You cannot, but God's grace can. Amen. And there's going to be, when we get to heaven, what's going to be interesting is God plays that role back over our life and you're going to see all the times that you didn't even know that God sent an angel to protect you because of his grace. Amen, everybody? So God's grace is always working. And your favorite, but the thing that stops God's grace is pride. See what I'm talking about? So we got to identify this because if it's happening in our life and we don't even know it, then God is like this to us, and we're causing it. So we got to be able to identify. So today, I want to go back to that verse, and I want us to say it again. And we're going to say, "God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble." All right, we're going to emphasize that. Let's try it again. You ready? Here we go. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's right. Grace, his unmerited favor, are God's ability to do for me what I cannot do for myself. We're going to go into the Christmas story and we're going to identify this spirit of pride in a person that's in the Christmas story. A couple of weeks ago, we read these passages that I'm going to read to you today, most of them. We read it regarding the wise men and but we looked at them. But we're going to read these passages again, and we're going to find there's a guy by the name of Herod there, King Herod. King Herod was a man that was he he was a he was a, could be a good king. All of a sudden, he could have a mood shift and become a bad king. So let me, let me explain this to you. Is that Herod? Well, let me read the passage, and I'll explain it to you. Here we go. Watch what it says. It says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of who? Everybody. King Herod, all right, talk, speak up or I can keep you here all day. All right. That's, okay. From magi, which were wise men, okay, from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was what, everybody? Disturbed. He was disturbed. Now watch what happens. Not only was he disturbed, but all Jerusalem with him. Why was all Jerusalem disturbed with King Herod? Because when King Herod got disturbed, he did crazy stuff. He went crazy. Like, like he was great. When he was good, he was good. Like he built a temple in, in, in Jerusalem. He did all those things. He, he kept taxes uh, uh, manageable, lower. Uh, he, did, he did good things like that. But when somebody, when he had this mood swing, when he thought somebody was trying to take over his throne, he went crazy. You know what? Many of us have problems sometimes with our in-laws, and we don't speak to them for a little while. Well, Harry killed his mother-in-law. Said killed because he felt like that she was talking against him. Not only his mother-in-law, he had his wife killed. Not only his wife, he didn't stop there, but he had his one son killed, then another son killed, and another. He had three of his sons killed because he went into one of those moods of where he felt insecure and felt like that they were going against him. So that's why that when he became, when Herod became disturbed, everybody else became disturbed because they didn't know what he might do. He was crazy when he got like that. And so, as we read into the story... We see that what happened is as number one as this. I didn't tell you point number one. I got so happy about reading the scripture to you. If they didn't put it up, point number one was recognized when God is trying to get your attention. Because God was trying to still get Herod's attention. Even though he could get in those crazy moods and do stupid things like many of us can when we get in crazy moods. We do stupid things. Even though he had done all that evil stuff, God was still trying to get his attention. That's why, watch this, that's why when God sent the, the wise men, when the wise men were following the star, that's why God allowed him to lead him to the palace first so that Herod one more, would have one more opportunity to recognize God and recognize the Savior. He gave him an opportunity. He was trying to get Herod's attention. And let me just tell you what pride says. Pride, when it's full-blown, says, I don't need you. I'm going to say this, okay? A pastor shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it because I think you need to hear it. When pride is full-blown, it says, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it, no matter who likes it or not. Matter of fact, when pride is full-blown, it gives God the finger. Now, the reason I grasped my hand like this is because I didn't want to do an illustration. <laughs> because that's all, man, you would, you would, you would go online, you would get that copy. You say, My pastor flipped somebody off Sunday. That's what you would say. But I want you to, that's what, that's what pride does. Is I didn't, I don't need you. When it's full-blown, it says, I don't need you. But when grace And humility come into play. Humility says, I don't want to think about living without you. Do you see that? Pride says, I don't need you. I can do this without you. I don't have to have you. I can find somebody else. But humility says, no, we're struggling right now. Things may not be good, but I I don't want to think about living without you. That's what humility does. That's what it does. And that's exactly what God did when he sent Jesus to this earth. Was saying to you and me, in all your bad stuff, I don't want to live without you. So I'm sending my son Jesus because I don't want to live without you. That's what humili- he hum Jesus humbled himself. Amen. And became obedient even to the death of the cross. Why? Because God didn't want to live without you. Isn't that awesome, everybody? Amen. Good grief. That's good. Mm. So we're going to bring our, uh, our picture back, our verse back up. James 4, 6. Let's say it together, everybody. Ready? God opposes the proud, but grace. gives grace to the humble. And if you let pride come in, you'll be the Grinch. You'll be the Grinch. The second thing I want to tell you about how to experience a, a, a good Christmas. Number two is don't let God's good news become old news. Don't let God's good news become old news. Again, Herod, remember how God was trying to get his attention. Now, watch what happens here. It says this in verse 4. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the child was to be born. Now, he's curious. He's he's like, okay, somebody else is going to take my throne. I'm going to find out where they are I'm going to get them. That's what he's thinking. In Bethlehem, Judea, they replied, for this is what the, prophet, what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Now, he just told them right there. The scripture said he's going to be born in Bethlehem. Watch what happened. The, all, the, the good news become old news to Herod. Because when Herod saw that they was reading it out of some old book that was written hundreds of years ago, because you can find that prophecy in Micah 5 and 2. That's where the prophecy was written that they were reading out of. He said, that's an old book. It, it, It means nothing. It was written hundreds of years ago. It doesn't mean nothing. And the good news become old news to Herod because it was written in an old book. A lot of people are still saying about this book today, aren't they? Oh, that was written a long time ago. That did not mean nothing today. Oh, yes, it does. Watch this. Then, watch what happened. The people who were the, the preachers and teachers that day, they read the scripture too. They, they come and told Herod. Herod said, where's this going to happen? They come and opened up. They opened up the Old Testament, the Old scroll, and said, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be in Bethlehem. But here's what happened. The, the good news become old news to the people that were teaching the good news. They, they had taught it so much. They had heard it so much that they didn't believe it anymore. If they had believed it anymore, they would have went six miles to Bethlehem. But they didn't do it. And many times, we as believers, as followers of Jesus, we like hearing about the good news. We like talking about the good news. But many times we can allow the good news to become old news that we don't embrace it anymore. Amen, everybody? And and when when you let the good news become old news, then guess what? Christmas doesn't mean what it used to mean anymore. Amen, everybody? It's like well, what am I, pride, what am I going to get? They didn't get me nothing. I'm going to get the same thing I got last year, nothing. And you start thinking about you. Pride comes and God like, whoa. Christmas is not about what you're going to get. And it's not about what you're going to give. It's about what's already been given. Amen, Amen everybody? Amen. It's about God looked down at the earth and he looked at you. And he said, I don't want to live without you. So he sent his son Jesus through the Virgin Mary and was born and laid in a manger because he loved you that much. Amen, everybody. That's the good news. And it it may have gotten old to you, but I want you to know the good news is still good news to me. Amen. It hasn't gotten old that the Savior of the world was born. Mm Mm-mm. If you let the good news become old news, you'll just be old fuddy-duddy. What does that mean? I don't know. I've just heard it. I hope I'm not cussing right now. I read about a little girl who was five years old. She experienced something that nobody should ever experience. She was at home with her parents one day and they got into an argument. And it became a rage. And her father left the room and she was standing in the room with her mother. And the dad come back and he pulled out a gun and he shot her mother right there in front of her. And then he turned the gun on himself and took his own life and left that five-year-old girl sitting there by herself standing there in all of this horrific scene. She was adopted by a Christian family. And they had tried to help her. They'd sent her to counseling. And the family went to church every Sunday. And the little girl wouldn't let out a peep. Until one day she was in Sunday school class. And the teacher held up a picture of Jesus. And said, I want to ask all of you children in this room, does anybody know who this is? And before anybody else could raise her hand, that little girl hadn't let out a peep in over a year. Raise her hand. She says, I do, I do, I do. And the teacher, who is it? She said, that's him. That's him. That's the man. That's the man that when my mama and daddy died, that's the man who held me in in his arms. He held me so tight. That's the man. Jesus showed up and held that little girl. And what I want to tell you today is when you, when you realize that the, the, the good news is not old news. He shows up to hold you. And he shows up to take care of you. Amen, everybody? Amen. This week, my stepfather, who had been suffering with bone cancer horribly, left this world Thursday about 11 o'clock. We'd had conversations about the day that that would come. And he said, Jeff, I'm not afraid. He said, I've already had a dream and, and I've met this nicest man. And I, I want to see him again. I believe that was Jesus. My mother and two sisters were there in the room with him in their living room where the hospice bed was set up. And they said their little dog was laying over there in the chair. And then all of a sudden the dog perks up, hops down on the floor, and goes right over beside his bed and looks up at the corner with its ears all perked up. and about that time, my stepfather took his last breath. Now you can say, that's just chance if you want to. See if you say, if the good news become old news, you say, "Well, that just happened, but if you like me. And the good news is still good news. It's not old news. We believe that Jesus Himself come and got my stepfather. And when he was right there in that house and God ushered him in through the pearly gates himself, Jesus did. See, I believe that Jesus still shows up, everybody. <clears throat> the, the, good, the good news is not, has not gotten old news to me. And when the good news is good to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be December 25th. You can still have joy in the Lord, and it'll still be your strength, and it'll still be your God, and it'll still, still guide you and strengthen you. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Don't let the good news become old news. Let me just say this to you. If you're in this room today or you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't, have, you don't know what I'm talking about. See, that good news, that's old. Somebody wrote that a long time ago. That's old. That's old. But once you accept Jesus in your life, all of a sudden it becomes new again, doesn't it, everybody? Right now, would you just bow your heads with me, everyone in the room and online. And when you say this prayer, not even out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life, save me, forgive me of my sins. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Help me to do what you want me to do. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer? If you, if you prayed that prayer today, online or in the room, we want everybody, by the way, to turn these cards in, but if you did, would you check the box, I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower, and I just want to send you something in the mail to help you on your, your journey with Jesus Christ. Number three is this. Well, let's say our verse again together. You ready? James 4, 6. You remember what that is? Let's say it. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives grace. That means God's going to do for you what you can't do for yourself. How to experience Christmas number three is take the opportunity to experience God. Take the opportunity to experience God. Look what happens here. So Herod, again, he's heard all of this. He's refused to go. It says, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Again, Magi wise men. He sent them to Bethlehem. He said, well, that old news, uh, I don't believe it myself, As you go. He sent him to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go too and worship him. Herod missed his opportunity to get what he'd been looking for his whole life. You see, he had all of the power, but that power would not satisfy him. He had had all the ladies, and the ladies couldn't satisfy. He had all the money, and the money couldn't satisfy. And he had an opportunity. God gave him an opportunity to get what he'd been looking for his whole life, and that was fulfillment and finding the Christ. And he refused to go. And what I'd like to say to you today about this is that he was only six miles away, but he said, what he said is, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to go. You see, if you're going to experience God, if you're going to experience God, you have to lay down your pride that says you're so important. Hey, man, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too important. You know, it's just, I just let somebody else do it. And that's exactly what he did. He said, you go and let me know how, if you find him, then I'll come. And that's what pride says. Pride says somebody else can do it. Pride says, oh, somebody else can go. Somebody else can do it. That's what pride always says. And remember, God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. Yeah. What does grace and humility do? Grace and humility says, what good can I do today? How can I help? Can I go? I'll go. Here I am, Lord, send me. I'll go. And it was because of these wise men that went that they experienced Jesus. And what I want you to know is that as a church, we've determined that we're going to lay down our pride. And we're not going to, we don't want people to serve us. But every day of our lives, we want to live and say, how can I serve you? Because I want to tell you, when you say serve me, you become the Grinch. And your heart shrinks when you say serve me, serve me, and I'm more important than you. Your heart shrinks. But when you serve other people, when you say, how can I I help you? What good can I do for you today? How can I help you? When you live with that question and you ask it every day and you do that, it's amazing how your heart just grows and grows and grows. And life life becomes such a joy because guess what? God gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. He gives you favor. He goes before you and around you and he's with you. And, and you, you're not that good. We know you. You're not that good. Amen, everybody. Yes. You're not that, you, you're not that smart. You shouldn't have made that grade, but God was with you. And you shouldn't have got that raise or that promotion, but God was with you, everybody. I'm, it wasn't you. It was God's favor working around you. His grace, everybody. Yes. That's all right. I'm more excited about it than you are. That's okay. His grace, when pride says everybody else can do it, humility says, What good can I do today? Do you know that we're going to have these Christmas Eve services coming starting Friday and Saturday? You know the good that you can do? Pride says, I'm not going to ask anybody. Humility says, Who do I know that needs Jesus? That's what it says. My neighbor needs Jesus. Pride says somebody else can do it, but humility says I'll do it. And you just invite them to come and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. What good can I do? This is Love Week for our church. This is where we love in our community more than we do normally. And we have, we have hundreds of people that are going out and serving in our community. And why don't you, they started Yesterday. You know, there was some doing prayer on the square. There was some at the food pantry. They were serving all over. And today, if you want to say, what good can I do today? Well, we have something for you today at 3 o'clock today. There's going to be a group of people that's going to meet here that are going to get a a bunch of scotch tape, the roll of scotch tape that you use to wrap presents with, you know, you scotch tape, and they're going to go to these shopping areas and they're going to hand out scotch tape to people and give it to them and they're going to give them an invite card to Christmas Eve service and watch the Holy Spirit do and God's grace and favor do what we cannot do. Amen? Amen? Every year we get stories of people say, I got a card from somebody and I received Jesus. Maybe God wants to use you to do that. So you can take your family and do that today. I want to encourage you to check that out. So on the screen, let's say it again. Here we go. God opposes the proud, but what everybody gives grace to the humble. Gives grace to the humble. The last thing I will share with you is how to experience Christmas. Number four is exchange your anger for God's grace. Exchange your anger for God's grace. Look what it says. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted, uh uh-oh, by the Magi or the wise men, he was what, everybody? He He was ticked off. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Let me show you something. Pride, when it's full-blown, pride kills. Pride causes anger. Everybody it causes anger. The reason that you get so mad in traffic is because you feel like someone disrespected you when they cut in front of you. I'm talking to Jeff right now. <laughs> how dare? Why it's? Don't you? You ain't getting ahead of me. You disrespect me. I'll spin you out. Now I'm hitting home, aren't I? (laughs) It's our pride that causes most of our problems. And so what I want to say to you today is this, is that pride, when it's pride, develops the emotion of anger. And anger comes when I feel like that someone has, has disrespected me, did not give me the respect I deserve. And that's exactly what happened with Herod is he felt like these people did not give him the respect he deserved because they didn't come back and talk to him. And so you know what he did? Pride kills, and he killed all those babies. It was a massacre of children. That's why God woke Joseph up in the middle of the night in a dream and told him to leave and go to Egypt because Herod was going to kill all those children. You know, in the Grinch, we see the story of pride with the... And you can be, you'll be the Grinch if you have that pride in your life. In our history, we have people that's been filled with pride and done all kind of destruction. One of those people was Hitler in World War II. Hitler was full of pride. Have it my way. You're going to do it my way. Going to take over the world. He's going to rule the world. And he went for the Jewish people. Get rid of those people. It was his pride and when pride is full-blown kills, and and we see the Concentration camps that that were there because of Hitler and all that he did People were starving to death Pitiful looking you, you've seen the pictures because of the treatment There was a man that was in one of those concentration camps. His name was Viktor Frankl Viktor Frankl He was there. He was he was hungry and he said he found something out to be true in those camps. That Hitler's pride had caused him to kill and that anger to happen caused him to kill. But also he found that the people that were in the concentration camp, that there was something there that was killing people more than just just the, just the, the bad food and more uh, because of the physical abuse and more just because of the, of the nasty places they had to stay in and it was called anger. The people that were inside were so angry at the guards and so angry that they were starving and watching their loved ones go through with the, that their anger killed them. He said, So I was in the middle of that and I said, he said, I got caught up in that and I just began to pray, God, what do you help me God. And he said he felt God say to him this ask yourself every day, what is your brother or your sister asking of you? And he said every day he would get up. And he would begin to say, what can I do to help this person? He would see someone that looked like they were really about to die of starvation. So he would give half his rations to that person and say, here, eat mine. He said he would see someone that was was breaking down, that was breaking down physically, that could not seemingly walk across the yard. And, And so he would do that to keep them from getting thrown into the gas chamber. He would help them. He said, every day I got up, I began to ask myself, what can I do to help my fellow man? And he said, there was a group of people that began to follow suit and every one of us that decided that we would help our fellow man and ask that question, what good can I do today? He said, we survived. He said, it was the the love of God Remember we talk about love in this church. Biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. He said when we started loving the guards and we started loving the people that was hating us, he said it changed us on the inside. He said they could take us, they could shame us, they could strip us of our clothes and walk us around like animals. They could take everything we had away from us. They could take our freedom away from us. They could take everything away from us. But they could not take away what was going on the inside of us. And that was the freedom to love and the freedom to have joy. He said, Because, listen, this is where we get it. The world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away. Amen. The world didn't give it to you and the world can't take it away. Why? Because what's inside of here, no man can take away. And what's inside of here will lead you into eternity. It'll lead you to the presence of God. Even when everything is breaking loose, it's bad around you, you know that God is inside of you and that God's got you and that you're going to do good no matter how you feel it changes everything everything the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away an angry child can't take it away A bad employer can't take it away. A rude school teacher can't take it away. A bad neighbor can't take it away. A hard financial situation can't take it away. No, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. No, the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. The world didn't give it. God gave it. Amen, everybody that's why we say that's why we sing joy to the world the lord has come amen everybody i know i I know you didn't ask for all this but i just feel it on the inside why don't you why don't you decide that this christmas you're gonna let your pride go and when you let your pride go god lets go of the blessings and all of a sudden you can receive what you've been wanting so long. And it's come to stop asking, Will you serve me? And start saying, How can I serve you? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net.